0: Hello. Welcome to, I just about said youth group, welcome to church.
1: <laughs> um,
0: kind of a habit. Um, and I hope that your Christmas was filled with Christ and an opportunity to share him and, and discover more of who he is and an opportunity for some downtime as well, because we all need that through the Christmas holiday. And, and I uh, am thankful to have my daughter and, and son-in-law in the audience today with us and coming from Chicago area and uh, get to see them for an extended time. So that's fantastic. Um, speaking of my daughter, she had sent me a link to the most searched scripture in 2019 in the Bible app called Version. Anybody have any idea what that is? Not Version, but The Bible verse, sorry. (laughs) It's Philippians 4, 6. And that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Hmm. If you spend any time with youth or you have kids, um, it's probably something that you've talked to about with them. Or maybe you yourself has had to convince yourself that that is something that you have to do and that you get to do. Come to God with your requests. It made me think a little bit and go, man, if that's if that's what 2019 was. What was 2018? Well, 2018 most search verse in the Version Bible app was Isaiah 4110, which reads, fear not, For I am with you, be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Kind of fitting that 2018, we're dealing with fear, and now 2019, we're dealing with anxiety. They tend to go hand in hand. If you've dealt with fear, you probably have some anxiety over the fears that you've dealt with, or maybe the anxiety spins it into fear. For me, I started to think of a couple of things. I'm very much a person that believes that if you're in the room today, this message is for you. You don't need to look around. You can go, hey, this message is for me. And whether it's for you to take in yourself because you've dealt with fear and anxiety or it's to pass along to somebody else that has dealt with fear and anxiety. And maybe you're walking alongside them as a brother or sister in Christ and and you want to make sure that you can help them walk through that. Or maybe you're sitting in the chair going, nope, that's me. I've dealt with fear and anxiety. It's just robbed me of my joy. It's just stolen my joy and and it's set me on this path of, of having panic attacks and everything else. So if you're looking for a fresh start today, We're going to give you that opportunity as we walk through this message and give you the opportunity to surrender and submit to Jesus. And so as we walk through the message today, let your requests be known to God. If you need to stop listening to me for a minute, that's okay. Stop and pray and ask God to meet you where you're at, in your seat right where you're at. So being a youth guy, I get props and all this fun stuff because that helps me. Uh, bring my message across, but I've dealt with some fear and anxiety in my life. I have done lots and lots of sports over the years and um, haven't had to do a lot of panics or anxiety with sports. You get a little butterflyish and you get a little nervous, um, but I, I haven't had it overcome me before. My story, when I start to think about it, has to deal with racing stock cars. Now, I'm sure you guys look at me and go, yeah, all right, you race stock cars. Well, once a year I got to, I got to do a thing called the Faster Pastor, And when I started to um, do this, I had to jump in this car. And like this picture was one of the first years I get in there. You can see the excitement on my face. I don't emote very well, but that's I'm, like pure joy right there. It's super fun. And you get to get, you get put in this car and you basically, it's a, a car stick shift and you get second gear and you get out on the track and you just hit the throttle and you just go. You get to a corner and you kind of back off a little bit and then you get to come around and there's no mirrors and so you don't know what's coming behind you so you don't necessarily have fear of somebody passing you but it really scares you when somebody comes past you and you hear the rumbling. So where I go with this is when I got to do it, I was sitting in this car having fun. I was just about ready to start going and the gentleman that had this car who was about four inches taller than me and about 75 pounds larger than I am. Leans into the car as I have the helmet and everything on. And he says, just a reminder, don't crash my car. I'm in the points lead. Oh yeah, okay, no pressure. A bunch of pastors going out there and we're competitive and we want to race just the same, but I'm going out there and so I'm like, fear kind of set in just like, oh, I don't want to crash this guy's car. He'll probably you know, come out on the track and and help me get out of the car real quickly. And so I had done this racing about five or six times. And on the last time I did it, um, this young man was nice enough to let me get into his car. And I'm not sure maybe they're off a little bit by letting us, all the investment that they have in these cars, but they let us get in there and race them. He lets me get in there. And when you, when you look at these racing seats, this is what they look like in a stock car. They're just made out of aluminum, and and they are quite narrow. I am not. So I got to sit in here, and as I wiggled in there for about the sixth or seventh time in racing, I start to wiggle in there, and I'm like, yeah, this will work. This will fit. It'll be all right. He continues to race through the night, and at the end of the night, I get to come in and sit in his seat, and we didn't buckle me in before and we didn't do it because we've done all that stuff before. I'm like, yeah, this will work. It's fine. So I get in there while well, my Santa Claus shaped figure didn't fit very well once we started to strap myself in. And it was like, if some of you can relate to trying to put on a pair of jeans from, like 30 years ago when I was in high school um, and 100 pounds ago, didn't fit so pretty well. So I'm squeezing into this chair, which if you see Brady, he fit in this chair and he had some room. My leg would too, but I didn't. <laughs> So I got in there and I'm ready to go and, and I'm okay, I'm relaxed and I'm excited and a little nervous because I get to race again and it's fun and it's competitive. But the tricky part was they put this little neck roll on us. And so he un un-velcros it and, and I've got a helmet on and it's dark and he reaches in and he's going to put it on me, on my neck like this. Well, when he was going to put it on, I happened to lean forward and so it went on a little aggressive. Not his fault, mine, because I leaned forward. He hit my Adam's apple so hard that I lost my breath. You ever had that happen to you, like a basketball or something hitting you in the throat or a football? You lose all your breathing capability for a little bit? Well, that compounded with some straps that are on my chest, super tight. So, I don't fall out of this seat if I roll it or get in a car accident. All of a sudden, this anxiety from this little neck roll, this little foam thing, sent me off into an all out panic attack. At the time, I had no idea it was a panic attack. All that I knew is that I was so anxious and I couldn't breathe. And I'm trying to communicate as this car's rumbling, if you've been to the races or if you live in Wilmer, you've heard the races. It's super loud, and I'm trying to get his attention and say, I need to shut the car off because I can't breathe. I'm, like, going to black out. I can't even do anything. So I reach, and I could barely touch the dash to shut the car off. Just the push button off. I shut it off, and he's just like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be down there. And I go, I just can't do it. Man, I said, I can't breathe. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, you know, I said, I think I'm just kind of hopped up on caffeine. I had been at a Bible camp preaching the the weeks before that, or excuse me, the week before that. And I was just coming back from, it was almost in Canada, and so I had about a nice five-and-a-half-hour journey back down to here. And I stopped in Alexandria to meet up with a friend who I did some action sports ministry stuff with. And the young lady behind the counter thought it would be fun to give me a, Triple shot of espresso in my drink, and I'm not a coffee drinker at the time, so it sent me into some shakes after I got done uh, with my drink. Felt, hmm, this will be good. I'll be awake for my race, and it'll be awesome, because we didn't race until almost 9 o'clock at night. Well, fast forward, and, and while I'm thinking and revisiting what this race car seat and neck roll did to me it threw me into panics. It threw me into not being myself. It threw me into feeling empty of my joy was just stripped, was kind of going out throughout the day like a zombie. Anxiety was crippling me. I was being discipled by a friend of mine and we were talking and, and he's like, man, you just seem a little off today. What's going on? And we talked about it. And I just said, man, my, my joy is just gone. And he's like, well, what's wrong? And so we talked about this situation and we talked about what it is. And, and he goes, well, you know, that if we just look at Philippians and Paul talks about that. And so, okay, so we look at it and it's like, yeah, I kind of know that, you know, and, and, being it's the most search verse, um, I can understand why anxiety can happen real quick. And it says that we should rejoice in verse four. So when I have kids at youth group and, and when I read scripture and, and there's a, a verse like that, that stands out, I go, what does it say before that? And what does it say after it? So I can understand the context. Uh, I didn't go to school to be an English major, so I need to have full context. And I walk through it and it says in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we read through that, verses four through seven, and he goes, Man, have, have you been surrendering? Have you, you know, where are you at with Christ? I mean, I know you know Jesus, and but but where are you at? What are you what are you doing with this? And I said, you know, I said, I just keep thinking about it. I walk past a stock car or I hear the stock cars and it starts to kind of help this little palpitation in my heart going I start to get a little fearful and a little anxious and he goes hmm well you know Paul was sitting in prison when he wrote that and if we look at verse 4 it says rejoice in the Lord always and then there's a pause and it goes Again, I say rejoice. Have any of you been in that situation where, man, something just steals your joy? And all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what to do. And you think that you're maybe rejoicing or you're going to church and you're going through motions and um, you just feel as though I've got this under control. I can do this myself. And I think back to what Paul says, not just once, but twice rejoice in the Lord. Then he goes on to tell us that our actions or words should be reasonable so others can see it. So it doesn't mean put on this mask or this false front. It means be reasonable with other people. Let them know you're struggling. Reach out to somebody. And in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I don't know about you but that's sometimes hard to do to be thankful about anxiety that's kind of like how does that work but i go back and go okay i'm going to rejoice i'm going to focus and shift to the lord and start with him because when i start with him everything else just falls into line much easier the anxiety disappears my fear disappears Now, some of you have said to yourselves, excuse me, I've tried that. It hasn't worked very well. Maybe we need to see somebody. Maybe you need to visit a brother or sister and just share your story with that. And if we can't help you, man, we want to make sure you do get help for that and pass you along to somebody professionally that can do that. Because it's important for your mental health and your soul care to be one with Christ to make sure that you can understand where you're at. When I now think of net guards and racing seats, my heart doesn't palpitate. I don't get nervous. I don't get anxious. I kind of get excited because I know that someday I'll be able to be back in a chair racing if they have one wide enough for me. Maybe this car again that was up there. But I get the opportunity to do that because I'm not going to let fear. Overcome me. I'm not going to let the anxiety bring me to fear. And Isaiah, the most common verse or search verse in, in 2018, Isaiah 41:10, <clears throat> excuse me, which reads, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness, right hand." So when I look at that and did some reading on it, it says, "Fear not." This means that God's with us. You ever looked at it and go, okay, God's with me. I can do this. We've got a young man that's in our midst that's a a military kid that is going on, and that's one thing that we prayed over him. Man, fear not. The Lord's with you. goes on to say, I'm your God. He's established a relationship with you. If you've established a relationship with God and, and you've said, I want to be in a relationship with you. And Isaiah, he's talking about his chosen people. But is God choosing you to be in a relationship right now? Have you been running from him? Have you been fearful of jumping into a relationship with him? God gives us his assurance of his strength and help over, his, over our sin and death through Jesus Christ. Brings that together. Our sin is washed away. I had a conversation with some people that go to our church this past Monday, right before Christmas, and they've dealt with some anxiety. They didn't know I was preaching on this, they didn't know what I was talking about. But they came straight from the coffee shop in in New London and straight up to the office and they were so excited. They're like, we have to show you what's going on. And so Maren, who is our admin, sat with me and this family, and we were talking about this. And they're like, we have to show you what happened. Like, okay, what's, what's going on? And they were so excited that they were filling out a Christmas card for a family member who has been homeless, who has been arrested and thrown into jail. So they're now sending them some mail some encouragement. And all of a sudden, through this dark time of this person being homeless and and being thrown in jail, they can rejoice because through prayer and supplication, as they bought these books and as they grabbed one of these books, one of them was a Bible. And they grabbed it and, and as they were writing in the card, they had it on the table at the coffee shop and they said, Lord, just... We're going to open this and we just know that you are going to speak to us through your words. They crack it open and they look at it and and at the bottom of the page, it's a a New Living Translation Bible that has some tracks in it that, that help you with different things like fear and anxiety and different things. But they open it up in the Old Testament to Lamentations 3.19. And that says... The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. So, if you don't believe that the Bible is living and speaking to you today, it spoke to them this past Monday. And in great joy, they're rejoicing to have this opportunity to share Jesus with somebody who has continually ran From their Savior. They're so thankful that God spoke to them that they wanted to share it with somebody else. So today I'm going to ask you guys do you need a fresh start? After Christmas, do you need to press reset? Do you need to reshift your thoughts on Christ? Maybe you've never said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. And you've never surrendered your life to him. You know what I'd love to have? Is I'd love to have you stand up right now so we can cheer you on. And our prayer team and our pastors can grab you and pray with you. Get some information so we can disciple you. We can further your growth in Christ. Maybe... Your joy has been stolen. Maybe you have some upcoming things that you're just nervous and anxious about. Nothing better than a fresh start. Today can be your day. If you have other things that you need to surrender and you're following Christ and you need some prayer. Stop at one of our prayer stations, grab one of our pastors, grab somebody's staff, grab a brother or sister that you know that's in Christ and ask him to pray. Move in that direction of refocusing and fresh start your mind, renewing your thoughts on Christ. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to have the opportunity to come to you today. And Father, through this Christmas season that we're coming out of, And celebrating the birth of your son, Jesus. Father, I pray for the people in the audience today, whether online or in the seats. That anxiousness and fear are something that they can rejoice and give to you through prayer and supplication. Father, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be here today. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.